wherever you're watching right now, it is so great to have you join us. My name is Zoe, and I'm part of the Everyday Church venue over in Southfields, along with my husband, Zach, and our little one-year-old boy, Josiah. And it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you today in the next part of our journey through Exodus. Today, we're going to look at Exodus 33, a passage which talks about the presence of God. And the presence of God is a phrase which you might hear a lot of in church, and it can maybe sound a bit mysterious, or it might be a phrase that you're kind of really familiar with. But it's really good to take the time to consider what we mean and what the presence of God is all about and the difference it can make in our lives. And so today, we will look at what Exodus 33 says about the presence of God. And in this passage, we will see how Moses pleaded with God to be with him and the Israelites. And through this encounter, we can learn a lot about why the presence of God is so vital in our lives and the difference it makes. Because the wonderful truth is that the promise of God's presence is as relevant to us today as it was to the Israelites then. And my prayer is that as I speak, God would come and meet with you. And whether it be for the first time or the hundredth time, you would know God's presence with you. So let's read Exodus 33. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. And then on to verse seven, which says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And, Mo and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of their tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so, that, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, 
I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. So what do we have happening here? Well, the passage starts with the Lord telling Moses and the Israelites to leave where they are in the wilderness and to continue the journey to the land he had promised them. However, the events that have just unfolded before this chapter has meant that things aren't looking great for the Israelites. They had made a covenant promise with God, promising to obey the commandments he had given them. And yet, in the previous chapter, they had made a golden calf to worship, already breaking the commandment to not worship any other god or make a false idol. God, however, keeps his side of the covenant to take them to the promised land. But because of their sin, God tells Moses that he can't go with them. God cannot come and dwell with them because he is a holy God and they are a stiff-necked people, meaning they are proud, stubborn and sinful. And these characteristics cannot come and dwell alongside a holy, pure and sinless God. It's not sounding great for the Israelites, is it? But in this chapter, we see how despite their sin, God promises that although he cannot physically be with them and they can't see him, his presence will still go with them. And so Moses is able to meet with God in a tent pitched up outside the camp. He's able to talk with God whilst the Israelites watch from the entrances of their tents. And when Moses asks God to show him his glory, God grants him this desire, saying his glory will pass by Moses and he will put him in a cleft in the rock. Now, I don't know much about geology, but I have read that a cleft in a rock is a narrow opening in between rocks where someone could hide and be sheltered and be covered. And so what God is saying to Moses is that he will provide a hiding place where he can be sheltered so he doesn't see God fully in order that his glory can pass by and Moses can still live. Because no man in their sinful and unholy nature can fully stand before the holy God and behold him in all his glory and splendor. And yet God in his gracious nature gives a way for Moses to be able to experience God's presence and see his glory in part. And here is the first aspect of God's presence that I want to talk about. God promises that his presence is to be available to us. You see, God has always intended to be with us, his people. If we go right back to when God created the earth, we see that God created man and woman to be in relationship with him. Genesis 3 talks about God being in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, dwelling with them and being in one another's presence. However, when Adam and Eve sin, they are cast out of the garden and they are no longer physically with God and sin puts a distance between them and their relationship. And so starts the pattern for all of mankind where sin stops us from getting close to a holy God. And this is where we find the Israelites in Exodus 33. And it's the same for us too. Our sin has meant we don't deserve and shouldn't be able to come close to God. But... Where we see God providing a way for Moses to come into his presence, it's a sign for how he provides Jesus to come and make a way for all of us to come into God's presence. In Jesus, God came to dwell among us as a man and as fully God walking on this earth. The book of John says, Jesus is the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the Greek that is used for dwell in this verse also means live in a tent. 
So where Moses makes a tent to be in God's presence, it points to the day when Jesus comes, housing God's presence like a tent among us. And so through Jesus, we are able to experience the presence of God. Where our sin has cut us off from being able to come close to God, Jesus has died as a sacrifice for our sin, meaning our sins have been paid for and we can be forgiven. By putting our faith in him and his death on the cross for us, we are forgiven and have access to the holy God. And like how God provides a cleft in the rock for Moses to hide so that his glory can pass by, God provides Jesus to be our cleft in the rock to hide. We are hidden in him and our sin is covered by his holiness so that we can come close to the holy God. Do you see how in various ways in this passage, what Moses experiences with God's presence were all signs pointing to what Jesus would come and do in full in order that we can be in God's presence. Through Jesus, God's presence is available to us. And this is far greater than what the Israelites experienced for they were limited. They were limited to God's presence coming in certain physical places. And many of the Israelites just watched from the sidelines, from the entrances of their tents, while Moses talked to God. Yet for us, we don't have to watch from the sidelines or are limited in experiencing the presence of God. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to us so that God's presence would always be with us. He says in John 14, the Holy Spirit will come and be God in us. God's presence is with us and even more, God dwells in us. This is the wonderful truth we can know today, that God's presence is in us. We don't have to sit on the sidelines like the Israelites did. Maybe you know what that feels like to sit on the sidelines and, and watch something from afar. I, um, I recently had an experience a bit like this when my husband Zach was playing a gig um, with his band down in Brighton in a pub one evening. And I went along with our little boy Josiah um, to watch them play. And I was feeling really chuffed because I just managed to get Josiah to sleep before the gig. So I got into the pub and Josiah was fast asleep in the buggy. And I got my drink, got my spot to watch the show. And to my dismay, I got asked to leave. Now, don't worry, it wasn't for being drunk or disorderly, but because I couldn't be in there with an under 18 and I had Josiah with me. And so I ended up standing outside the pub watching a bit of the gig through the window. And I could kind of see Zach through the people, through the glass, and I could kind of hear the music. But it was nothing compared to what it would have been like to be in that room, being right amongst the crowd, feeling the music, feeling the vibrations, hearing it loud and clear, and being in the presence of the band. Friends, I want you to know when it comes to experiencing the presence of God, you don't have to watch from the sidelines. Are you settling for just watching from afar like the Israelites watched Moses? It is not the same. Jesus has called you and he has called you out of the sidelines and invited you into his presence, into the presence of God. If you put your trust and faith in him today, through his Holy Spirit, you can come and be in the presence of God right now, wherever you are, God has invited you into his presence. And when I was preparing this, I really felt God impress on my heart. Um, those of you who feel like you are watching from the sidelines because you have disqualified yourself from being in God's presence, because you don't feel good enough, um, 
Maybe you think, if God knew me or knew what I was really like, he wouldn't welcome me into his presence. Well, the wonderful truth is that he does know you and see you and still welcomes you into his presence. When Moses asked God to be with him, God says in verse 17, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. God's presence with Moses is an assurance that he knows who Moses is and intimately by name and is pleased with him. And when Jesus is baptised, God the Father says the same thing over him. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Here again, we see that the Father knew Jesus, was pleased, and therefore his presence is with Jesus as the Holy Spirit descends on him. If we put our faith in Jesus, we have been risen to new life with him. And so God looks on us and knows us by name and is pleased with us. And so the Holy Spirit is the assurance that God knows you and is pleased with you. So if you feel like you can't come into God's God's presence, he calls you in by name and tells you he is pleased. The presence of God is available for you today. But so what? What what difference does the presence of God make in our lives? Why should we want it? Well, I think there are a few things in this passage which teach us about why it's so important in our lives. And what we see with God and Moses is that God's presence is for building relationship. The presence of God is for building relationship. In verse 10, we have this wonderful description of what it was like for Moses to be in God's presence. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, just a quick side note, it can be confusing here that it says face to face, when then later in the passage, God says that no one can see his face and live. But one interpretation is rather than reading face to face literally, we can understand it here to be an expression to describe the level of intimacy they had. For we know, don't we, that being face-to-face with someone has a level of intimacy. We know from the COVID pandemic how even though we had Zoom calls and FaceTimes, nothing was ever quite the same as being face-to-face with someone. You get a level of intimacy with being face-to-face. While this is the intimacy Moses had with God, being in God's presence meant that he could build a relationship to the point where Moses got to speak to the holy, powerful God, the creator of all things, as his friend. I, I love this description of what it can be like talking to God because I think about how I like to speak with my friends and I love and cherish that they are people I can speak honestly with, openly, vulnerably, that we can speak to one another with love, care, compassion, as well as the inside jokes that come with really knowing one another and being comfortable with one another. That's a level of friendship and intimacy that only comes with spending time with someone and being in their presence. And it makes me think about one of my closest school friends, um, Claudia. So I met Claudia when I was 11 and started secondary school. Now, Claudia and I were very different. Um, I was very nerdy and Claudia was very cool. Uh, I was a goody two-shoes, Claudia was not. Um, Claudia played every sport possible and I did all I possibly could to avoid playing sport. We couldn't be more different. And yet the one thing we had in common was that we lived just one road apart and so we had exactly the same walking route to school. And so over the course of five years, we pretty much walked a 30-minute walk together every day, there and back. And over the years, being in one another's presence consistently like this meant that we built up a strong relationship and friendship. 
And 18 years later, she remains one of my closest friends. You see, presence builds relationship. And for Moses, being in God's presence evidently led to friendship with God. And so the same can be true for us. God calls us into his presence because he wants to build relationship with us. That was the very reason we were created, to know him. He invites us to know him closely as friends. And yet again, this is made possible through Jesus. Jesus says in John 15, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus has called us his friend and reveals to us who God is, who God the father is, drawing us into relationship with him. This is the level of intimacy that you can have with God today. You can call him friend and talk to him as a friend, vulnerably, openly, honestly, and it all begins with being in his presence. And do you find that when you have close friends that you can be comfortable with, you're also able to rest in their presence? This is also what we get in God's presence. God's presence gives us rest. When God confirms to Moses that his presence will go with them, the next thing he promises in verse 14 is that he will give them rest. What a valuable thing for Moses, for they are about to embark on their journey throughout the wilderness and to the promised land, where there would have been fear and anxiety. What, what would lay ahead as they journey through unknown lands? Would they get there safely? But God's presence with them gives them a place of rest in the fear, anxiety and weariness of the journey ahead. And so the same is true for us, where we also journey through unknown territory in fear or anxiety, God is with us and we can know rest. For just as God promised Moses rest in his presence, we have the same invitation through Jesus who echoes the same promise in Matthew. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Through Jesus, we're invited into the presence of God where we can find rest for our souls, rest in the wilderness. If you feel like you're journeying through the wilderness or a wilderness season right now, um, I pray you can find rest in God's presence and rest in the knowledge that he is with you and he protects you just as he did for Moses and the Israelites. So we've looked at how God's presence is available to us, how it's for building relationship and how it gives us rest. And I just want to finish today by looking at how God's presence changes us. When we spend time in God's presence, we are changed and transformed as the Holy Spirit works within us. Because we are shaped by the people we spend time with, aren't we? If we spend a lot of time with a certain person or a group of people, we can pick up their behaviour, their mannerisms, their characteristics. And I can really see this at the moment with Josiah, as he is um, learning how to move and speak and interact. And you can see that he's copying what we do and is shaped by being in mine and Zach's presence. It's slightly terrifying. Well, the same happens with us and God. When we spend time in his presence, we begin to think in line with him, act like his character and love like he loves. The Holy Spirit in us begins to produce changes in us, the fruits of the Spirit, and we grow in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. We are shaped in his presence. And that's why I think the best place you can be if you want to grow is in the presence of God. Did you notice in this passage that that is where the young assistant Joshua, um, where he was? 
In verse 11, Joshua, the young leader in training, chose not to leave the tent. He stays on, hungry to be in God's presence. I think we can all learn from Joshua here. And if you want to grow in leadership, the best place you can be is to remain in God's presence, to get close to him and be shaped by him. And as we are shaped and changed in God's presence, it means that wherever we go, we start to stand out and look different to the people around us. Moses knew that the presence of God was the vital thing that set the Israelites apart. He says to God, What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The presence of God is vital in our lives. It is what defines who we are and sets us apart. Now, we often use the language at Everyday Church that we are image bearers and kingdom bringers, bringing the kingdom and bearing the image of God wherever we go. And we can only do this through the presence of God in us and changing us. The presence of God is vital for mission, showing others that we are different and showing them who God is and showing them a different way to live. Note how God gave his presence to Moses ahead of his task to go through the wilderness to the promised land. God then pours out his presence through the Holy Spirit on Jesus before he heads into the wilderness and from the ministry that lay ahead of him. Jesus then promises his presence to the disciples in Matthew 28 when he tells them to go and make disciples and says, I will be with you. And so it is the same for us. God pours out his spirit on us and grants his presence with us so that we may go and fulfill the great commission to our workplaces, our wildernesses, our friends, our family, and bring the presence of God with us so that all may see who he is. The presence of God is so vital in our lives. In fact, it was so vital that Moses didn't want to go on without the presence of God. He says to God, I don't want to go without you. And the more I read this, the more I realise what a remarkable statement Moses is making. He's saying that he is willing and prepared to give up going to the promised land. So the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of abundance and wealth, and protection, he's willing to give that up and stay in the wilderness desert place if God does not go with them. Moses recognises the worthlessness of it all if God is not with them, as friendship and relationship with God was worth far more than anything this world could offer. Do we recognise and value the presence of God in our lives like this? Do we see that it is the most valuable thing we could ever have? It has eternal worth. Um, I have felt so challenged by Moses' hunger here and it has really made me ask myself, is it the stuff that God does and he gives that I value or is knowing God himself and his presence all I need? Because I know how often I can put comfort and wealth and having a nice home and a family and a secure job higher up than the presence of God in my life. And I feel like over this last year, God has been really teaching me the value of his presence. So this last year has been my first year of being a mum and all the joy and challenges that come with that. And in, even in all the joy of becoming a mum for the first time, something I have always wanted in my life, I have found that I could not do it if it wasn't for God's presence with me. For in the sleep-deprived, repetitive, lonely moments where I felt like I had no patience or endurance left, it was the presence of God that got me through. I had to rely on God and do, 
and I couldn't do any of it in my own strength. When Josiah was born, gone were the days where I could sit quietly in the morning with a coffee and my Bible and talk to God. And I felt like time wasn't my own anymore. And there were times when I felt like I couldn't muster up the energy to think about God, let alone say a prayer. And yet in these moments, I found that God was with me. God and his grace brought me his presence and the Holy Spirit was changing me giving me patience, endurance, energy, strength and peace that I certainly didn't have by my own accord. And I think Zach would also say that for both of us, God's presence has been the most vital and valuable thing that has got us through this last year. And, I, and we have had to lean on him in a way we've never had to before. And it's made me realise just how much I need God's presence in my life and how worthless everything else feels if, it, if he isn't with me. And so I can see how Moses felt the same, how he didn't want to go on without God with him. Friends, do you rely on God's presence in this way? Do you know how valuable it is in your life? If you feel like you don't, the answer is to come and be in his presence. He welcomes you in and he will put a fresh hunger and wonder in your heart. For being in his presence just makes us hungry to know him more. What does it look like for us to position our hearts like Moses? To cry, God, I won't go on without your presence. And God, show me your glory. I believe when we surrender to God in this way, in hunger and in need and in a desire to see him, it changes the places we go. It changes our workplaces, our friendship groups, sports groups, family gets-togethers, clubs. When we cry out to God to come with us and bring his presence. So will you come and be in his presence? It is like nothing else this world has to offer. For in his presence, you are known by name and favoured and loved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In his presence, you get to build a friendship and intimacy with the creator God, a friendship that will never let you down and never let you go. In his presence, you will become so aware of the wonder of his grace and mercy, which allows um, people who sin to come close to a holy God. In his presence, you are called to know rest, deep shalom rest, where fears are stilled, where striving cease. In his presence, we are changed. We are growing in patience, love, joy, kindness, goodness, until it overflows in us so that, the people we, um, so that we are people marked out, a shining light in the darkness, bringing the presence of God wherever we go to a world that needs it. This is the wonderful presence of God. Come and enjoy his presence today. I'm going to pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you that in your gracious nature, you give us your presence, that you welcome us into your presence. We thank you um, for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross so that we can come into your presence. And I pray that you just uh, put a fresh hunger in us today to be in your presence. With the cry of our hearts, be like Moses and the psalmist in Psalm 27. One thing I ask, Lord, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of you, Lord, that I may gaze upon your beauty all the days of my life. Amen.